Hundreds of high school students walk out of class to protect their privacy in bathrooms. Meanwhile, the organization governing Virginia high school sports hears from students pleading to end a transgender policy that threatens fairness in female sports. Plus, we discuss the pornography firestorm plaguing a candidate in a swing district. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our special guest, Meg Kilgannon, with the Family Research Council. Well, welcome, everybody. It's great to have you with us. I'm excited to say we have a very special guest with us, Meg Kilgannon from the Family Research Council. Welcome, Meg. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I just want to give a quick introduction for Meg before we get started here. You know, Meg is the Senior Education Fellow at the Family Research Council, and you've probably heard her on the Washington Watch radio program. She also served in the Trump administration in the U.S. Department of Education. What did you do there? I was in the Office for Faith and Opportunity Initiatives. Okay, so she brings a lot of experience to the table. We're not even... We don't even have time to go through it all here, but one thing that I think is a really big thing on your resume that's probably the most important thing (laughs) is that you were the Citizen of the Year for the Family Foundation in 2019. I was. It was a a very good year, 2019. Yeah. Um, It it was such an honor to be named because there's so many great people in Virginia doing great things. But um, the the Family Foundation has always been there when... um, when we started working on the school's issue in 2015 in Fairfax County, and we're so close to Washington, D.C., and I thought that people from Washington, D.C. would come to Fairfax and try to defend, you know, children and, and bodily integrity. And, um, no, it was the Family Foundation that was driving two hours in the, at night from Richmond, Virginia, who was coming up to defend the family. And, and you, so, were, you were a mom getting involved with right. the sex education battles? Right, the sex okay. education battles, the gender identity battles. Um, you know, it was Family Foundation who understood what was going on. And um, I just will always be so grateful for all of your support for mm-hmm. that time and for the parents in the community there. Um, we really, really appreciated it and well, still do. We appreciate you, and that's why we gave <laughs> Meg the Citizen of the Year Award because she was a mom doing what we encourage people to do, standing up right. and speaking up. You know, this is going to be a two-part series, so next week we're going to hear more from Meg. And I think I'd like for you to talk a little bit about your story becoming a mom, a mama bear activist. Right. Um, but well, let's next week. Okay. I, let's do a little bit of that. Um, so I'm just going to tease that a little bit. We're going to hear more of Meg's personal mama bear story. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, well, moving on. Let's dive right in. The first thing I would love to do is talk to you about the Family Research Council's recent Pray Vote Stand conference. And yeah. one of the most interesting things I thought that came out of that was the straw poll that you guys do. Mm-hmm. And so big surprise, Trump was leading <laughs> far and away ahead. I'll just go through some of these numbers and let sure. you give us your take. So Trump, of course, huge lead, nearly 64%. Ron DeSantis, second place. But that's a, a big gap a big there. Gap. He, yeah, he comes in at 27%. I think nationally he comes in lower, but right. your poll, he was 27%. Everybody else was below 2%. Right, right. What's your take on that, Meg? Well, I think that um, in in his first term, President Trump delivered a lot for our people. 
and that was one of the fun things about working in the the faith office at the Department of Education mm-hmm. was I had so much great news to report to our folks about work that had been done on their behalf that that's not the work that gets reported on the news for sure and it's not even the work that necessarily the the head of the department or the head of the agency will point to first of all as accomplishments because there are so many other things going on with student loans and schools being closed and needing to be opened and all of the controversy that was happening during the pandemic at that time um, I was really really thrilled to see how much work they had done on an issue like school accreditation where so often Christian schools and universities are harassed by the accreditors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did the the DeVos team did a great deal of work trying to make sure that that wasn't happening or as easy to happen. Things like that, really kind of nerdy, you know, technical yeah. <laughs> things. But to see that the people working in the administration had a heart for those things and were making sure that they were doing those things, every opportunity they got was a just a, a great education for me to see that happening and to be able to share that with the people in the faith community who are gonna benefit from those policies. You know what strikes me is most mama bears don't get a chance to work in the at the White House. Right. What was that like? Did you actually go there and pass the I, security guard? <laughs> <laughs> I did have a meeting once or twice in, in, the, in the old executive office building. Um, I, I, I never met the president himself. Um, but um, it was it, it was very humbling because you you are taking a, you take an oath when you get there that you'll defend and support the Constitution of the United States the same oath that people who are in the military take and um, I as a political appointee but as a civil servant uh, you really are there to serve the president and to serve the people who elected him right mm-hmm. and to serve everyone in the country in this capacity because you're representing the executive branch of the government. I mean, you know, I wasn't that important <laughs> in my job. All right, all right here's a trivial. But we take it seriously. Trivial question. Were you in cubes like the rest of us, or did you have an interesting office? Or I, I just want to know I what that's like. I was really surprised. I had a great office. I was mm-hmm. up on the seventh floor, which was where the secretary's office was and the assistant secretary and deputy secretaries. And they had us under the communications arm so I was reporting to the communications team, which was good because we had a lot to communicate. Mm-hmm. We needed to talk to people. And um, now I had a great office. I, um, it's really neat. I overlooked um, the McDonald's oh. across the street. <laughs> no, <laughs> and not the Washington a, Monument, uh, the no, McDonald's. No, I was on yeah. the other side okay. of the building. <laughs> All right, it was well, a nice office. Back to the straw poll. Um, I, so I think the interesting thing is Trump is so far ahead in all the polls because I'm yeah. seeing the other other ones are also showing in the 60% right now. Right. Um, do you think there's any chance under the sun <laughs> that <laughs> even if he made a huge mistake that would actually affect his base at this point, that he could have a serious contender? Or do you just think that's done? I, I am not unbiased in this question, but I, I do think that even though it is early, I think that it's done. We are on such an accelerated mm-hmm. schedule now. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't see people, uh, are. Th- I don't think the other candidates are gonna be ma- able to make up this distance. And the more, uh, the more former President Trump is attacked, the harder that job is for anybody who wants to challenge him. Because yeah. people will tend to, to rally to his defense, as I feel we should. Yeah, and that may be why we're seeing 
what looks like maybe him reaching out more to, to moderate voters and stuff because he's already thinking he's already I think he's already thinking that he's yeah. you know that he's now turning into the general election strategy and because of all the litigation he's facing and the fact that there could be a gag order uh, you know he probably does need to make that pivot now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm certainly not an advisor to his campaign, nor do right. I talk to anybody who is. Nor do we agree with everything he's saying, and obviously, it, but I, it's just it, interesting. I, obviously, no, but I have never agreed with anything anybody said, yeah. all, everything that they said, right? And so this is certainly true here. But um, but I do think that um, that he is ten, he's, he's starting to run a more general campaign message. Yeah. Well, this will be interesting to watch play out. Of course, we can't predict anything, and who knows no. what could happen that God knows, but we And don't. we don't believe in crystal balls, so. Yeah, no God knows what's going to happen. Right. All right, we're going to take a sharp turn into another topic that we're not really looking forward to talking about. I mean, it's, not, it's hard to talk about. It is, it is. But we need to, because this has been a controversy not only statewide, but in national news for weeks now. Yes. We need to address it. I will take just a moment before we get into this controversy over a candidate. Um, parents, we are going to get into some sensitive sexual topics, some descriptions that are that are very, can be graphic, sensitive, so please make sure your little ones are out of hearing. Just want to give you a minute to do that. And with that said, let's just kind of get into this. And that that is the news story that's been out there is we now have the distinction in Virginia of having a candidate for General Assembly who has performed live sex acts, done this live online, there's just no good way to say this, right. and has done this for money. Now, as I said, I really, it was not fun to prepare for talking about this <laughs> no. and have to kind of wade through some of this stuff that's happening, but I think it is important because it does reveal some important things about, number one, where we are at as a culture right now with the way this is being discussed, and it does shed light on some things. We need to shed light into the darkness, the spiritual darkness that is happening, and so I think it's important to talk about things like how major abortion groups are defending this candidate and the double standard that a lot of the media is using in the coverage. I know that's no big surprise, but, right. but we need to talk about it. Sure. And let's just say there is so much to this story that is outrageous, inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> yes, <laughs> on multiple levels. So we are just going to make this our whole entire inconceivable segment. I think that's all you can do with it. Well, it's that time again. Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, like I said, this is a multi-level inconceivable. So what I've done, Meg, is I've spelled out some levels. So we're going to go level number one, inconceivable. And that is that there has been a lack of any kind of humility, not any kind of regret right. with this situation on the part of... From the candidate yeah. herself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's I, actually defending herself by blaming others. She's, she's, she's mad that we're mad, I think, is that we're, that we're judging something that she put online um, 
this is this is the idea that you have some sort of right to privacy about material that you yourself have posted online. <laughs> Let's just see what she said. Okay. <laughs> She's calling this quote an illegal invasion of my privacy designed to humiliate me and my family. Okay. So I think you what do you think, Maggie? You've humiliated yourself and your family by performing these the, by doing this online, streaming it online, and asking for money to do it online. Okay, and that, let's just back up because I don't think we've said who the candidate is real quick. So it's it's Susanna Gibson. Okay. She's a, a nurse practitioner and a mother of two running as a Democrat for a House seat. And this is a key House seat that could play into control of, of the House right. here in Virginia, uh, representing parts of Henrico County in, and uh, Goochland. And, and let's just explain a little bit about what they were doing. She was doing this with her husband. She right? was... She was, I can't believe we have to talk about this, but yeah, we do. I she was doing sorry this about that. With, <laughs> she was doing this with her husband in front of a camera, um, and she was asking for for tips tokens, for tips. tokens, right? to for to get money to to do particular things with her husband. yeah. and um and this was discovered. um the fact that this had happened, it was posted on the website. This was discovered, and um, someone unrelated to her opponent's campaign. At least that's yeah, that's what's been put, reported by the the Washington by the Post Washington Post. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Washington Post, who is a great defender of all things of the Democratic Party, if there was any way they could have that's tagged, good point. they could have tagged her opponent with leaking yeah. this stuff. They would have, but yes, so. that even that has not happened. Um, and so this has all come to light. Um, and it's too close to early voting for her to be removed from the ballot if the party wanted to get rid of her, right? Okay. They can't because ballots are printed. We start early voting next week. We've already right? started it. We've okay. early vote by the time when this comes out, it, early voting has started. Okay. So, yeah. so this horse is way out of the barn, as they say. Um, it, it is. The def the defenses of this, I feel like, just have have rung hollow. I mean. You know, she did it. She put it online. She's obviously not ashamed of it. I mean, um, so I would rather you not try to blame me <laughs> for the fact that this has all come out. Okay, invasion of privacy. Let's just be clear. I think the Washington Post and other reporters documented there was a nearly six thousand viewers at least sure. that we know about. Sure. Um, this. I don't think there was a password required. I, I mean, I, this is public. You're We're, having sex on what, camera. What, what kind of privacy are you expecting to have? I don't understand what she thought was going to happen. That's the really mysterious part of this. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't either. But now I, this, this gets a, even more rich. Different, a different world. She's also said that opponents, I think the wording was, have proven that they are willing to commit a sex crime to attack me. It, so that's ironic. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> It's a good thing the state of Virginia undid a bunch of sex laws at the last General Assembly, given the things that were being tipped on this show. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, just, I'm confused about a whole lot. I'm of not sure who's committing the sex crime here, but um, I don't think it was the people who who have shed light on the fact that this was the thing that that this candidate for public office did. I mean, she is running the Virginia General Assembly is the longest continuously running legislative body in the history of the Western Hemisphere, right? This is we've yeah. this has been in session since the 1600s. Mm -hmm. She wants to be in the Virginia House of Delegates. She wants to be a delegate. She wants to be called Madam Delegate by 
should be some dignity by the with speaker, that. right? Yeah. This is something she's going to be representing the people of her district. And the people of the, her district have a right to know that this is the sort of behavior that has been has happened. Well, let's talk about the behavior standard because I seem to remember from talking with my grandparents, <laughs> say it may go back that far, right. that back in the day, if a political candidate even had an affair, oh, that was deal disqualifying, yes. deal breaker. It was controversial it, that Ronald Reagan had been divorced when he was elected yes. president. Yeah. That was a huge problem and for a lot of people. And where we are now. It's not been that long ago that he was elected president. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and that it was a problem, right? And then you had the whole Gary Hart controversy. Yeah. Um, you had a John Edwards, another Democratic candidate, had an affair with a woman, had a baby out of wedlock while he was married mm -hmm. to his, still married to his first wife. I mean, all of that disqualified these people from public office. They or, were no longer. Or they had to, they felt like they weren't in pride about it. Right. They I were, mean, the public sentiment was they, that they had to withdraw from the race. Or they right? need they, to give some kind they, of accountability. Yes. That, and the candidates or, at that time felt they needed to have at least humility apologize, about it. Yeah. Right? This is the opposite. We, this we is now the have opposite. some people celebrating in this and exulting in this. We have people def proudly defending this. Sure. That there should be no reason that she should have to pull out, that this there's nothing even wrong with what happened, what, what she did. What she did. Right. Yeah. I, I, I really, it does not really thrill me to know anything about this woman's sex life. I don't mm. really want to know thing. any what? of this. Is this part of this why do I sexual have to liberation know? culture that it all why has to be Why do I out there? have to know about <laughs> yeah. this, Candy? Yeah. I don't want to know about this. And so when, when yeah. her response to the fact that I have to know about this is that it's my fault that I know about this. No, <laughs> I, just, we didn't want to I lose a it. lot of patience at that point because this is not my idea all to right. do this all this this what, we could go happening. on about that, obviously, but let's get into inconceivable level number two. And that is that we have these leftist politicians and news outlets, call, they're calling this a leak. Something was leaked. Um, again, <laughs> she posted it. it. Was a public, um, <laughs> and blaming it on Yunkin. Now, again, we mentioned Washington Post broke this story. You would think people would actually be congratulating them for doing responsible reporting for a change. Right. Right? I can't I believe mean, they ran it, to be honest yeah, with they you. They did something I, responsible and <laughs> accurate. Instead, you have posts like this one from uh, Senator Louise Lucas, who says, today, Glenn Youngkin's team leaked videos. <laughs> it's just the, the leaked uh, narrative. It, it, I just, uh, please, just stop with this. Um, <laughs> to try to embarrass and humiliate her. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about Louise Lucas's uh, net new funding, uh, fundraising I, campaign? I, I, yeah, and she's, you know, not only is she willing to defend this candidate for office, and this this candidate for office, I mean, let's she's a, she's a nurse. It's not like she's served yeah. uh, as the soil commissioner or disturbing. or any anything. It's just not like she has previous political experience, right? She's going straight into the House of Delegates, okay? And and I, I don't know if I want this person making health decisions right. or and for you. Like, That's the the, the anyway, capture of our on. healthcare system is a whole other topic. Don't get me started on that one. But so. Louise Lucas is raising money and going to share the proceeds with this she candidate. Says half of what she brings in. She, this so right, we're going to put that. So up for she's going to keep viewers. the other half. Okay. So yeah. there's a lot of people making money off of this sex video. Inter very right? interesting. Yes. Um, that I don't know that I would want any of that money. I know that I wouldn't want any of that money. 
And that's just something else about our culture that th to them it's okay to profit off of this. And uh, I, I hate, I, what really, really makes me sad about this is I think that we're going to see more of this, not less. We're going to see more candidates for office who have these problems in their history. I mean, this is current history. This is, she, these videos were posted online right around the time she announced that she was running for office. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is, uh, uh, recent, we, don't, we right? don't know when they it's were not posted, like they, that they were, but this was done somehow before. It's it's like not like they went way back after. in her social media history yeah. and dug up something unfortunate the, that she say, said when she was much younger, right? The videos, the videos this, were available after she just was running, or mm -hmm. yeah. So right. sorry, I didn't mean to. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah, but but I mean, it's 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 a current topic, right? Mm -hmm. She's done this. She's done this in her adult life. She's done this in her married life. Right now, we see like with with athletes or with actors in Hollywood they'll post they'll have posted something previously right mm -hmm. or something is revealed about maybe there were pictures of them and they were in a relationship with someone else or mm -hmm. what have that you that's online previously that's yeah. online previously that's that's a a a, 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 a foible of youth shall mm -hmm. we say right which right. is is i don't like the <laughs> not agreeing that it's a great thing to happen yeah. but i'm just saying that there is some defensibility that you did this at a time she when you didn't know have the judgment this hit in the middle this of her is, campaign or that yes, there's a risk of that right yeah right this sure. is a there's a lot to to think about here in terms of whether or not this is a person who you would want to have in the virginia house of delegates who who you want to make decisions on your behalf as your representative well, well let's go back to the media part of this cuz again you had that this is this got leaked narrative not right. that it was actually it was out there and it was just exposed the washington right. post broke it um so you had the new york times going with with this headline state house candidate condemns lead of leak of sex tapes <laughs> yeah state house candidate con condemns leak of sex tapes there's just a lot wrong with it's just yeah congratulations to the editors of the new york times for that headline that is inconceivable okay then the daily wire has reported that they have documentation that quote the Associated Press was tipped off about the pornographic content on September 5th but chose not to do anything with the story hmm. it did however make Gibson aware of the videos which she appears to have taken down in the days after the Associated Press alerted her hmm. that they had been discovered so this didn't come out until I guess the Washington Post wrote the story so good for them we should uh -huh. at least say that yeah. yeah yeah but you know it's not like she was blindsided she had plenty of time then <laughs> She had plenty of time yeah. to come up with a way to say, you know, this is a regretful incident, or I'm sorry that this, these things have come to light, or anything. But she, that's not the tack that's been taken, right? They, the, the blame shifting has been onto the public yeah. for making any sort of judgment about these videos, or um, even acknowledging that they exist. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. interesting. Then in the middle of all that, the Richmond Times-Dispatch runs this op-ed from her. <laughs> is it about anything going on in national news? So, no, it is not. <laughs> did the Richmond Times-Dispatch even cover it? Yes, they did. They I checked did? on okay, that. Okay, they did. But they run this op-ed in the middle of everything. You know, she's not being mm -hmm. asked to answer for anything. It It's about prescription drug prices, apparently. Oh. So I think we're going to we're gonna put that on the screen here. Okay. Um, so, I mean, are they going to offer opponent, that? Yeah. Does her opponent get an op-ed? I yeah, mean, I'm waiting for that. Because is this an in-kind contribution to the campaign now? Right. I mean, because I think the AP made one when they gave her, they alerted her to the fact that this was out there and going to be a story. 
I mean, these this this the the situation with with the level of complicity from the media yeah. is really really disturbing too on a lot of levels. But yeah. that again is another topic. So her her opponent, just because we're talking about this race, we should probably mention it's it's David Owen. He is pro life. Um, he does say that he is for limiting abortion um, um, after limiting abortion after 15 weeks, like the Governor Yucky mm-hmm. proposal. Um, so let, let's get into the next inconceivable level, of, which is kind of centered around this abortion issue. Um, and that's the fact that this candidate, who is unabashed about doing live stream porn and asking for money for that, also was unabashed and making abortion the priority component of her campaign. Again, we're gonna, we're gonna put an image of that up on mm-hmm. for YouTube uh, viewers. So you've got all these also abortion advocacy groups now coming to her defense. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, this is a lifestyle choice that is really counting on the backstop of, of abortion, right? That's as, what's not talked about. A, 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 this, this, is the, this is the fruit of the fact that we have abortion on demand, um, you know, up, up until birth in the state of Virginia. Right? You we mean have, the porn industry is the fruit the, of that? Yes. Yeah. The, the fact that this is happening, they the porn industry needs abortion, yeah. right, to deal with the unwanted pregnancies that will result from yeah. their industry. Mm-hmm. What do you, I hate to call it anything legitimate, it's, right? I think industry. It's exploitation yeah. from their exploitation of people, right? They will even um, they will even exploit the unborn, uh, but this this. Um, this is certainly not to say that every person who supports a pro-life position is beyond reproach and every person who supports abortion on demand is is um, a porn star. Or that's, vice that's versa. obviously that, not that the case, right? We're not saying anyone's had an abortion. And that's right. It's just they're connected in a, in a things, larger national way. Yes. Right? And this candidate herself is connecting them, right? And well, the people who support her are connecting them by by. They're not withdrawing their money from her campaign now, are they? Yeah. They're not saying that this is not a person whose values we support, right? This is not a person we want to represent our issue. Um, they're, they're well, not. in fact, let's just say one of her largest donors, Emily's List, the abortion mm-hmm. advocate group, right. Emily's List, donated 20000 to her campaign, has been out there making statements in support of her and right. defending her in this. Right. And, and you can imagine... What would happen if the tables were turned? If this had been a Republican running for office who claimed to be pro-life, that pro-life groups had supported, there would be demands for money to be returned or for the pro-life groups to distance themselves from this candidate. Is it is it true that you support online pornography now? As yeah. you know, th- th- that's not happening here, right? This This is all totally fine. And in fact, if you say anything about it, you're alleged to be committing a sex crime or a hate crime or something like this because we're even having this conversation. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, people always say if it weren't for double standards, they'd have no standards at all. <laughs> it, it's, uh, what a topic. Well, Meg, well, first of all, I've got a question for you, <laughs> but let me just kind of wrap this inconceivable segment up. Um, normally, this is the moment that we would, you know, announce our inconceivable award. <laughs> 
<laughs> but there's just too many places to go here. There's way too many parties involved that could all get this inconceivable award. Like I said, it's multi-level. Uh, yeah. I think where I want to go with this instead is just this is a, a sad commentary on the moral decline that yes. we're at. I mean, like you said, we've got these issues connected around this candidate abortion, the pornography industry. Right. Help us encapsulate what what should we realize that maybe we're getting lost in all these news headlines and we're not really absorbing. What is this telling us at a heart level about our culture? I, I, I think we're going to see more and more of this rather than less and less. We're going to see a lot more of people's online history and um, it's not going to be pretty, I'm, I'm sad to okay, say. You're depressing me, Meg. So what is the hope here? So, well, I think that it is more important than ever for for people of faith, for Christians, for conservatives to to run for office to um, but even even more basic than that, we all have to talk to our kids about these things mm-hmm. and make sure they understand how we feel about them mm-hmm. and how to think biblically about them uh, about yourself about what is sex for what what is it what what does it mean within a marriage why do you save sex for marriage what is it that is a great teaser the next program i want you to talk about this billion dollar porn industry going after the kids and what parents can do about it but real quick is there hope for restoring the next generation's Having having a redemptive viewpoint of God's gift of sexuality is there of hope? Of course, of course there is because we're the only ones who actually have kids. <laughs> <laughs> and Mac has four. Right we now. have <laughs> right. I mean, and so we hope that our children will instill those values in their children and in their children. And if the other side is going to go with abortion and mutilation and sterilization. There'll be fewer of them. They, even though they were exposed to these things, and we have to talk to our kids about them, we do have the redemption of Jesus Christ. Absolutely, to give us to give us renewed minds, renewed hearts, and children can lead forth with that. Shifting gears again, I wanted to bring our audience up to speed on some news I don't think they will have heard about that happened a few days ago, and this involves. The organization that really uh, sets the standards and guidelines for high school sports. And, of course, they're having to deal with these transgender issues. And and what I am referring to is the Virginia High School Sports League, otherwise known as VHSL. And the other day they had an executive committee meeting at their headquarters out in Charlottesville. And they dealt with this transgender issue because one of their executive committee members brought forward a proposal to repeal a bad transgender policy that they currently have. Right. Um, I'll get more into that in a minute. But I guess I'll just summarize by saying to this point, they've pretty much had a bad policy, which at the end of the day allows boys to play on girls' sports teams. Right. Which they changed in 2016. They had a good policy prior to that. Well, the... I will say they require more documentation than a lot of left-wing school districts want to require. They do. do. But at the end of the day, it still allows boys (coughs) to compete on girls' sports teams. And so the the proposal was to change that. Um, But before we get into all the ins and outs of that and tell you what happened, 
the good news is there were students speaking up at this meeting. In particular, there was a courageous young woman named Constance, a Virginia high school student. Now, just imagine being a high school student and speaking to these yeah. executives, right. you know, educators. Um, th these, this would be intimidating, but she spoke to them directly. We don't have a video or anything, but I'm just going to read some of her statement so you can hear what she said. She says, quote, I ran in a cross-country meet on Saturday and took note that the fastest female runner who was far ahead of me and all the other girls would have been running on par with the slowest group of boys. If she had been forced to compete with them, it is not fair to force us to compete with biological males. It takes away girls' chance to shine and display their skills on a level playing field. It takes away our opportunities to compete for scholarships. I am asking you to repeal the current policy because it isn't fair. And what is the purpose of this organization if it doesn't provide a level playing field for female athletes? I mean, I think that's a pretty good wow. question. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How great to have a student speaking up. This is a this is a young woman. She's in her teens. Yeah. So she's very articulate and and her her experience is speaking she's speaking from the heart. She's yeah. speaking to this issue from the heart from what what she's actually living with and dealing with. She also brought up the safety issues that she didn't feel safe competing mm. on sports teams with I boy men boys that right. can injure her. Sure. And I I think too one, one thing that we sometimes um, would I, I know I would prefer not to think about it is the fact that if you have boys who are who are identifying as girls and then allowed to play on a girls team that means they have access to the girls facilities and so they are changing with the girls and so they're in yeah. locker rooms where they are being seen by and they are seeing other girls and they have probably not had surgical interventions not that that would really make any difference to me um, but this is this is just incredibly um, invasive. Mm -hmm. um, it's disrespectful of, of girls' privacy, mm -hmm. and um, and girls are often just kind of bullied by everybody not to talk about these things and yeah. not not to complain. They're not allowed to complain yeah. because they might hurt someone else's feelings or be called bigots. Well. What about the girl's right to have privacy? What about the girl's right to feel safe in them? Mm -hmm. The very the spaces that we make for for women and girls where they can be safe in vulnerable situations. Um, I, I just this this is just really troubling, and I I am I'm hopeful that the leadership that we've seen from the Yunkin administration on this with its mm -hmm. great policies. Um, that, that the Virginia High School League will start to reflect more of a broader set of values yeah. that are shared by a great majority of people as opposed to, to you know, just feeling like they have to represent a tiny, tiny uh, fraction of... Um, at the expense of young female at, students. So. At, at, at the direct expense of, of other people. Well, along those lines... The good news that I mentioned is there was this brave VHSL executive committee member, Jeremy Raleigh, who also happens to work for the Department of Education, and he's the one that proposed this policy, that this policy be repealed and replaced with language that acknowledges that if schools have a boys and girls sports teams, quote, participation shall be determined by biological sex and not gender or gender identity. Meg, help us understand why that standard is important. That, right. That it be based on biological sex with, with sports if they have girls and boys 
sports. Doesn't it just seem really unbelievable yeah, that we, have that we to have this. to explain it, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we do. But we do, right? The, 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 the definition of sex is male or female. Biologically. It is a biologically yeah. based definition, XX chromosomes or XY chromosomes. And, you know, any slight medical variation on those things is no argument for accommodating any other kind of gender identity, a, a claimed or a self-perceived gender identity. And w w it, w it shouldn't require all of us to be everyone else's de facto therapist, right? Mm -hmm. That we, we're so concerned about how other people feel about themselves that we are placing girls in harm's way or creating unfair conditions that that are in direct contradiction to protections that we have put in place for women mm -hmm. and girls to be on equal footing. Yeah, because that, that's what happens when you start prioritizing political agendas and social engineering. Yes. Yeah, right. that, that's right. what that looks like. Um, sure. Well, this so this is part of bringing policies into line with the Youngkin revisions Mm -hmm. on transgender issues in schools. So this right. this is part of that process that's happening here for good. Um, yes. If this proposal can can get through and people can see this common sense. Right. Um, to your point about the biological part, I mean, it is, a, it is a big fairness issue because you have the biological realities. Um, men have higher cardiovascular capacity, greater bone density, more muscular mass. What does all that mean? That means every time that they're placed with women, right. the women are going to lose out because, right. yeah. Right. So, no, I, I think the study is that um, that an Olympic level athlete, um, in, a runner, can be beaten by an average, the average high school boy running the same distance. That's a yeah, huge advantage. Which she kind of said at right? the high which, school level, which she observed. Right? Yes, right, which she observed at the high school yeah. level, right? These are these are basic things that are easy to see. We have to have a high schooler explain this to us now. <laughs> but no, it it it's just it's it's great to see that finally. I mean, I'm sad that they're having to do it, but it's really wonderful to see um, school age children who yeah. are living with policies that are created by adults yes. for them. They have to live with the with the ramifications of all of these things. They have, uh, like, it, it, there's a boy on the team who's identifying as a girl, but you know your brother went to that boy's, you know, camp out birthday party <laughs> where they, you know, did all kinds of boy things when they were two years younger, right? Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden this this boy is, is identifying as a girl. I mean, the, the things we're asking our children to do in the name of ideology and politics, are it's, it's, it's a lot. It's too much. And yeah. I'm sad that they have to speak up this way, but it's really important that they do. Well, well, to that point, the youth educating the adults in the room, <laughs> there was another statement made at this VHSL meeting that I think was very important. And this came from two swim team captains from Roanoke College. And I just have to read most of their statement. I, I'm sorry, we don't have a video for you guys, but um, I, this statement is just very powerful mm -hmm. because they have experiences. You were talking about a, a male actually on their team. So wow. apparently this, this is what's happening. So I'm just going to read their statement, let them speak for themselves. And I will say that our, our Speak Up Charlottesville team, I'm so proud of them. These girls couldn't go to this meeting because they had tests that day. Mm -hmm. So the Speak Up Charlottesville team, which is 
part of the family foundation right. on the ground. Um, they read their statement for them. Oh, so great service. Yeah, so right? thank you, Speak Up Charlottesville team. But I'm going to now read this on behalf of these two two girls. Um, they say we have been forced by the NCAA and Roanoke College to accommodate the preferences of one male swimmer, who previously swam on our males on our men's team, and now prefers to compete on our women's swim team. The rule makers have allowed my team to be manipulated, blindsided, and pressured into silently accepting unfair treatment and unfair competition as we head into our competitive season. We have been emotionally blackmailed and asked to carry the responsibility of one male athlete's mental health and well-being at the expense of our own. This has been too great a burden to bear for many of our teammates who have lost hours of sleep, many tears, and the will to train to race against a swimmer who has an advantage in the water our bodies can never possess. Many of us have all but shut down from fear and anxiety under the weight of the load that we have been forced to carry exclusively as women. So they wrap up with this statement. We feel we must urgently fight the injustice against Virginia's women and girls now. Some today will disrespect girls' sports and say girls are undeserving of fair competition until they reach elite status or a high-level competition. But how many of us would have quit and walked away before we ever made it to our college team if the integrity of our competitions were ripped away from us as little girls? Instead of first prioritizing the feelings of boys in the girls' sports category today, ask first, what about the girls? Oh, I'm so proud of these young women. I mean, Roanoke College is not really a bastion of conservatism. They're on a college campus. There are not many college campuses that, that are bastions of conservatism, yeah. right? And so they really are standing up to the NCAA, to the complicit coaching staff that, that participated in all of this nonsense, and probably in a big way to the student body there um, in making this stand for truth. And I just, I'm so, so grateful to these young women. And we, we really need to support them in prayer mm -hmm. too, because this is very much a spiritual spiritual battle. Um, the, 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 the way sports are governed in the United States Everything flows from the Olympic Committee down through these other sort of quasi-governmental authorities. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing stopping the NCAA from protecting women. Mm -hmm. They could absolutely do that right now. Or but, this group at the high school level. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, yeah. Yes, or, or the Virginia High School League, right? But because the NCAA is not doing the right thing, that gives cover to the Virginia group to also not do the right thing. And so it just shows you how important it is that wherever you're serving in, in society, in the, in the world, in your community, to, to stand for truth is really the, the ultimate test, uh, the ultimate thing to do, um, because that's giving protection to people who don't have the opportunity to make that stand. These are the heroes we're seeing today. Now, I will just give a real quick update um, that the VHSL, I, my understanding is they tabled a vote until later. So this is oh. going to be a process. Okay. I don't know if that's that surprising, but sure. it's, they're going to have to wrestle through this. So we'll, gonna have we'll to, keep you updated on. Right. They're going to have to make sure that they get out the kind of speakers they want at the next meeting. Too. Now, Meg, don't, don't be a cynic. <laughs> I have, 
Yeah. I'll try to behave myself. <laughs> All right. Now let's get back positive and talk about what, tell us about what happened at the Pennsylvania school. Yeah, talking there, about the this, youth standing up. Um, this has been so nice to see at the high school level. This, this group of kids in Pennsylvania walked out of class the, last week. Um, to protest the policies in Pennsylvania. And this was not, um, it was James Carville who famously said that Pennsylvania is like um, New York and California on the on the sides and Alabama in the middle, right? Really, and this yeah. was not from the Alabama middle. This was in a suburban, Philadelphia suburban school, mm -hmm. school okay. uh, county that this happened. And so um, this is really exciting uh, that, that, and, and again, like, we hate that they have to do this. Like, they're, they're kids. We, mm -hmm. we used to let the kids be kids. We used to yeah. try to shield them from politics, right? But we're not doing right? our job. Right? But, but because adults are confused on this issue, <laughs> um, it's going to take the kids, I think, to really stand up. And they, 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 were, they were standing up for safety for women and girls in sports. So, so real quick, what happened, this, I don't know if I'm going to say this name right. You might have to help me. Um, this is the Perkioma Men. I think I just said Pokemon. Perkioman? Perkioman. That sounds good to me. Valley School District. Um, you had some 300 kids walking out of their high school. Why? Because the adults in the room won't acknowledge their concerns about males using female bathrooms. Yeah. Now, now I will admit that when students do this over, like, a gun law, I always make fun of it and say, well, of course the yeah. students are walking out because they don't want to go yeah, to class. Yeah, that's true. Right? So... I will admit that I have said that before, <laughs> but I will also say <laughs> that um, that if you're going to have these policies in the school that allow students to protest, I am glad to see that uh, a different maybe point of view is being expressed in the utilization of this opportunity. Yeah, equal right? access equal to students protesting. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, you know, Meg, I feel like people might hear everything we're talking about and kind of wondering, how do we get to this place? <laughs> and going back, circling back to right. the vote, pray, stand. Is that how pray we are? Vote, pray vote. Pray I got vote the priorities stand. mixed up. Pray <laughs> vote, stand. Um, Riley Gaines spoke at this conference. She did. Yeah. She was wonderful. And hope most of you may know that she is the very courageous. She's an NCAA yeah. swimmer. She swam for Kentucky. And um she swam against Leah Thomas, and she talked about that at the event. And it was, it, it's I've you know I've heard her interviewed. She's been on the our, our radio show a couple of times. I it, it it I never get tired of hearing from these women when they speak up. Um, mm -hmm. Partly because I know it's taken so much for them to speak out, but I still just can't quite believe. Yeah. We're dealing with this. But it's happening. And so and she addressed the question that we're all thinking, why is this happening? Right. And we're just going to go ahead and listen to a clip from her. As a Christian myself, I know why this is happening. It's entirely spiritual warfare. It really is no longer a battle of right versus wrong or good versus bad. It's moral versus evil. Then I've looked that evil in the eyes in San Francisco and other places where, where these people claim to be acting out of love and inclusion and tolerance and acceptance and welcoming and, and all of those different things. That's not what love is. Myself, I refer back to this term of true love and what that means and how those words are synonymous. It is loving to say the truth. 
anything else is the opposite of love. It is not compassionate to ask a young girl to undress in front of a man, and it is not inclusive to ask us to smile and step aside and allow men onto our podiums. That's exclusive to the very female athletes who Title IX was passed to protect. Yeah. Well, Meg, what do you think of what she said? That we need to recognize it's a spiritual battle and also that we don't love people by lying right. to them and not exactly. acknowledging truth. No, I think that's so true. You know, sometimes the most loving thing you can do for someone is to tell them something that they do not want to hear. Um, I feel like I do a lot of telling people things they don't want to hear. <laughs> sometimes it's not very. As a mom. Sometimes it's not very <laughs> loving of me, but, <laughs> but, but the 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 spiritual warfare around all of this is very real. The attack on, on the very idea of who you are. You know, we know we're created in the image of likeness and likeness of God. We're children of God. Mm. And to attack that concept, um, this concept of the self in, in young children or in anybody really is a, is a terrible, terrible thing. And it, it is absolutely a spiritual mm -hmm. battle. I was really grateful for her for, for saying that so clearly. Yeah, that's a great way to wrap that up. Absolutely. And that kind of brings us full circle to the hope that the youth represent that are speaking out about this. Yes. All right, I'm, I'm gonna kind of wrap it up there, folks, but I do want to give a real quick reminder. We mentioned early voting. It has begun. As you can see, we are in dire need of the Christian influence in elections. So please use your early voting rights. We have a biblical stewardship responsibility. We can't control all that this is happening with all this, but we can exercise our right and our biblical stewardship responsibility to vote. If you go to familyfoundation.org, you will see information on how to get voter guides. That's familyfoundation.org. Well, that wraps up our program for today. Thanks for joining us. Just a quick reminder to share our playlist, the Speak Up Virginia playlist on YouTube. If you are on Spotify or Apple, give us that good review that helps us get the word out to more people. And remember, we are stronger when we speak together. See you next time.